Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the And So It Goes, And So It Goes edition, as the Bengals' four-game winning streak comes to an end in gut-punch fashion as Houston wins on a field goal at the gun, 30-27. to Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and post-game analysis from Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, you'll get to know rookie safety Jordan Battle. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health, the best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since salute to service intros. The NFL does a great job of paying tribute to our nation's service members, veterans, and their families through its year-round salute to service program. That includes a yearly salute-to-service game at every NFL stadium that includes something that always hits me right in the heart. When the starting lineup is announced and the players individually charge out of the tunnel toward the 50-yard line, they are accompanied by an active military member, and the players seem to enjoy it as much as the men and women who are serving our country. They often come out with choreographed handshakes and high-fives before sprinting toward the 50 side-by-side. Sunday's game didn't end well for the Bengals, but it began with a wonderful tradition. Now, time for the radio replays from a disappointing afternoon at Paycor. It is a beautiful November afternoon here in Cincinnati. We have bright sunshine, not a cloud in sight, and while the temperature is cool at 54 degrees, the Bengals are red hot. They've won four straight. They will try to extend that winning streak today as they host the Houston Texans. Burrow ready for a shotgun snap. He catches at the 37, drops back to the 40, fires down Whoa! the field, caught at the five Baby. by Trenton Irwin. Touchdown, Baby. Bengals, as Burrow delivers a perfect strike, and Trenton Irwin takes it in for the Bengals' touchdown. Stroud in the gun, three receivers right. Stroud looking right, throws right, caught at the six, running back toward the middle of the field, diving toward the end zone, touchdown, Tank Dell. Boy, that was a heck of a heck of a finish right there. This will be a 45-yard try from the left hash, trying to give the Texans a late lead in the second quarter. The kick is on its way, and it yep, is yep, yep. good. And with 10 seconds left in the half, the Texans are ahead, 10-7. Stroud under center. Toss sweep to the right. Singletary has room and cruises into the end zone. I don't know if he was touched. Nope. It's a touchdown for the Texans. They have taken control of the line of scrimmage and are not letting it go. Three sacks for the Texans today, and that turns it into a 50-yard field goal attempt as the Bengals went backward after having it at the 24. The snap, the placement, the right-footed kick. It has the distance, and it is good. So the Bengals cut the deficit to 10 as Evan McPherson nails one from 50 yards away. Burrow will look to throw. Pressure forces him to scramble left. Burrow 
Throws deep downfield. Come on, Chase Kamara. catches yeah. it at the 20. Yeah. He's at the 10. Raises the ball in his right hand <laughs> as he cruises into the end zone. Touchdown to Jamar Chase. Nice. A 64-yard strike. No gritty, no backflip. He's not going to aggravate the back, but he just made a huge touchdown catch. Well, C.J. Stroud has done it. Joe Burrow says, I can do it too. Rolls to his left, squares his shoulder pads up, throws it down the middle of the football field to DeMar Jamar Chase, touchdown. First down and goal, the Texans go empty. Stroud drops back to throw. Now scrambles up the middle of the field to the five to the goal line, and he walks in for the touchdown. So here we go, four minutes to go. The Bengals are in the red zone at the 14-yard line. They trail by 10 points. Burrow waiting for a shotgun snap. Three receivers left. Chase alone out to the right. Burrow from the pocket, going backward, scrambling right. Throws toward the end zone in traffic. Intercepted in the end zone. Third down and two. Stroud fakes a handoff, rolls right, throws. Intercepted. Oh, baby. The Bengals are running it back. Get in. Cam Taylor Brown oh. tackled inside the five. Man. It's not over yet. C.J. Stroud with just his second INT of the year. Cam Taylor Britt with his fourth interception in the last five games. Tank Dell saved the touchdown, but the Bengals will have it. First and goal near the five with three and a half minutes to go. First and goal from the one with 322 left in regulation. The Bengals down by 10. Burrow in the shotgun. Mixon to his right. Burrow catches the shotgun snap. Yeah. Gives it to Joe Mixon. Yeah. Knifes into the end zone. Touchdown. Bengals with 318 to go. Three receivers left, one right. Burrow catches the shotgun snap. He's back to throw. Flings it over nice. the middle. Leaping catch. Boyd to the 50. Nice. He's running away from the oh, pack baby. at the 30, the 20, the 15, the 10. He's tackled inside the 10 with 153 to go. Joe Burrow has had seven fourth quarter comeback victories in his career. Will it be number eight? Burrow waits for the snap from Ted Karras. Joe has the ball. Drops back from the 21. Throws Boom. over the middle. Bobbled oh, and dropped no. in the end zone. No. Tyler Boyd, a great throw. And Boyd dropped what could have been the go-ahead touchdown. Amazing. What should have been the go-ahead touchdown. Ugh. The Bengals have to settle for a field goal try from 31 yards away. Trying to tie the game with 137 to go. Adamitis will snap. Robbins will hold. The snap is good. The ball is placed down. The kick is up, and oh, it yeah. is good. Tying the game with 93 seconds remaining. From 38 yards away from the left hash to win the game for the Texans. The snap, the swing of the right leg, the kick is up, and the kick is good. The clock hits zero, and the Texans celebrate. They have defeated the Bengals by the final score of 30 to 27. Amazing. You talk about coming back and having an opportunity to win a football game and then to lose it like that. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat in a matter of minutes. The Houston Texans, a team that won three games last year, are now five and four with a 20-point win at Jacksonville, a 30-6 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a road win at Cincinnati. And the stats on Sunday were downright ugly. The Texans outgained the Bengals by 164 yards, 544 to 380. 
Devin Singletary rushed for a career-high 150, and Noah Brown had a career-high 172 receiving yards. And listen to this. His first catch went for nine yards. His next six went for 30, 28, 29, 20, 34, and 22. I don't ever remember a receiver being that wide open that many times. During the Bengals' four-game winning streak, Cincinnati's opponents never scored more than 20 points. The Texans scored 30, and it could have been more if they didn't lose a fumble at the Bengals' nine. I talked about it with DJ Reader. Oh, we didn't play well enough to win as a group, as a team, as a whole. So that type of stuff happens, and you know, it's not going to be rewarded when you don't play good enough to win. You know. Devin Singletary had a big day in the running game. What were the Texans doing that was challenging to stop? We were missing tackles. That's it. We just missed tackles. They didn't do nothing that really made it tough. We just missed tackles. He's a good back, but we can't miss as many tackles as a defense. What'd you think of CJ Stroud? He's pretty good, man. He stays in the pocket well, throws some good balls. Um, he does a good job of filling the pocket out. It seemed like guys were running wide open today, so we just got to do better as a as a group. We uh, tightened up a little bit, but we just got to do better. You guys have won four straight and five out of six. Is it kind of a stunning result to let one slip through your fingers at home? Uh, I think it's just more frustrating because, you know, we, we know we didn't play up to our standard. Um, you know, they're a good team. They're fiery. They're hot. But as a team, you know, you can deal with losses when you play up to your standard. When you don't, it's not. It's frustrating to deal with. You know what I'm saying? I imagine everyone's hurting for Tyler Boyd. He's been one of the most reliable receivers in the league for his entire career and unfortunately dropped what could have been a game winner. Yeah, man, tough things happen, man, in this league. And you know, that's why we got big shoulders, you know. We, we got to go out there and spend again next week. Luckily, we got a short week opportunity to get a dub. So. No time to stew over it, that's no, for sure. No time to sit in and worry about it. We just got to go out there and get a win next time. Appreciate the time. For sure. The one thing the Bengals' defense did do well was take the ball away, forcing three turnovers. In fact, when Joe Burrow threw his second interception with four minutes to go, fans started heading for the exits, only to turn around and rush back in when Cam Taylor Britt picked off C.J. Stroud less than 30 seconds later to give Cincinnati a chance. Taylor Britt is now tied for third in the NFL with four picks, and Dave Lapham spoke to him after the game. I think you had at least nine tackles, probably double digit. But I mean, the interception was huge. The interception uh, kept the Cincinnati Bengals alive and in the football game. Take us through that play. Yeah, I had got, just got hit on the same play uh, before, and I think I was just playing off on the first one, and he ran the underneath route, and I was kind of off, and I made the tackle on on the other side of the field. Uh, this time, I just pressed it, knowing you know who I was guarding, on you know the speed guy. Uh, I didn't want to catch a run with him, uh, so I just pressed it that time and. As soon as he threw it, I just undercut it like I should have did on the first one. So, yeah, just made a play. What about your uh, your finger? You had to leave the, the game for a little bit. Did you did you dislocate it? Did you pop it? What happened? Yeah, we dislocated and popped it right back in. <laughs> Been there. I know what that's like. Did it, did it go back easy? No, <laughs> it didn't go back easy. We did a little, you know, fiddling around with it. But, yeah, we all good now. That's good. That's good. So their running game, I mean, they, they did get their, their running game uh, going to, to complement that passing attack. And when you get a, a running game uh, for like 100, and they had one back over, over 130, and then they can run play action off that, it makes it tough, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, when you're trying to crash the run, crash the run, and then they hit you with a nice play action, deep shot across the field, uh, that's when, you know, you really got to hone in on, on your, your craft and eyes and everything. That's when everything kind of comes into play. 
you know, and they, they kind of hit us with some of those in the game, you know, and that hurt us. So you, you still have a chance to win the football game. The Bengals are in position to score a touchdown to take take a lead. It doesn't happen. And, you know, I know Tyler's uh, obviously feels terrible about, you know, a play down the stress that wasn't made. But there's a million plays during the course of the football game that if any of them had gone differently, it might be a different in- outcome, right? Yeah, man, most definitely, man. I say you can't just pick not one moment in that game. Uh, we played as a whole, as a team. Every little situation matters. You know, can't put it on one person. So we just got to come out here next time and put our, you know, ten toes on the ground and go stand on business, man. As for the offense, it started well, scoring a touchdown on the opening drive for the fifth straight game. But then Cincinnati went bone dry for a quarter and a half. At one point, the Bengals had five straight possessions without a first down. Joe Burrow threw for 347 yards and two touchdowns, but also threw two picks in a game for the first time since the AFC Championship loss to Kansas City. Joe was also sacked four times, including three by veteran defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. A good player, but not exactly Aaron Donald. Until this year, Rankins had not had more than three sacks in a season since 2018. The Bengals did score 27 points, which is usually enough to win, but it wasn't on Sunday. Here's Joe Mixon. The guys, they fought. They fought their asses off uh, all four quarters, um, you know, from start to finish. You know, offense, we struggled. We started off slow, and uh, they basically carried the momentum uh, for the most part. But, you know, the best thing about it is we figured it out, and unfortunately it was too late. So we just got to do whatever we can to uh, not start that way, man, and um, just learn from what what we've been having. Joe, what was that emotional roller coaster ride like at the end where it looked like in spite of everything you're going to pull it out and then Houston makes the plays to, to win the game? I mean, when it comes down to it, you just got to, you know, the game ain't over until it's over, until it hits zero. Um, best thing about it is our guys, we fought, we clawed, scratched, but the thing is, you know, we came up short. Um, most of the time, you know, we find ourselves on a, on a winning half, man. So, uh, you know, for me, I try not to, you know, get too high, get too low. Like I said, best thing about it is we have to turn the page real quick, uh, get ready for Baltimore and, uh, you know, Thursday night football. There's not a more sure-handed receiver in the NFL than Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I imagine everybody in here is, is hurting for him. Nine times out of ten, he's going to make that play. And, uh, you know, even though he dropped the pass, I mean, I know what type of receiver he is. I've been with him for seven years, and he's always been consistent. Um, thing about it is, I mean, he's going to keep his head up high, as he should. Um, he got us back down, you know, to make a to make a crucial play to be able to, you know, potentially go ahead. And um, you know, the best thing about it is, you know, our guys, you know, kept him in there. When we stayed, we stayed in, and you know, we just came up short. When it come down to it, that last drive, even though it was that last drive, we should have never been in that situation in the first place. I'm gonna be honest, but I mean, it is what it is. So. Uh, my boy, he's going to keep his head up high as he should and um, get ready to turn the page. I don't know if you even heard at this point, Cleveland rallied to beat Baltimore, so you didn't lose any ground in the division. Uh, how, how's that impact you going into Thursday night? I mean, that's cool and all, but, um, you know, I guess thank them. Um, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, we got a big game coming up, and uh, I guess both teams is off of a loss, so I'm sure just like, we want to get that taste out of our mouth. I'm sure they do too, man. So it's going to, we know what type of game it's going to be, and we just got to get ready to, uh, you know, for a big fight. Appreciate your time. Yep, for sure. 
The Baltimore Ravens had a 14-point lead with nine minutes to go on Sunday, but lost at home to Cleveland 33-31. The Steelers were outgained by 75 yards against Green Bay, meaning Pittsburgh has been outgained in every game this season, but the Steelers won again 23-19. So in the AFC North, Baltimore's on top at 7-3, the Steelers and Browns are a half game back at 6-3, and, and the Bengals are a game and a half back behind the Ravens at 5-4, and four, heading into that Thursday night showdown. The Steelers and Browns face each other in Cleveland next Sunday. Now, Let's hear from Zach Taylor as he spent a couple of minutes with Lap after the game. Man, that was a that was a hard-fought football game, no question about it. Could have uh, could have gone either way at any point in time. I mean, give us your assessment of what you saw and how you feel at this point. We did enough earlier in the game to give ourselves our best chance. I was proud of the way the guys fought back. Um, that's rare that you can come down from uh, from whatever we were down in the, late in the fourth quarter and be able to put ourselves in position to win the game. Um, unfortunately, it's just too little, too late. So I know Tyler feels awful. I mean, you know that that play feels like he can make the making his sleep, but it never comes down to one play in a game like this. There's always a million plays that you can go back to and say, if we had done this, if we had done that. But overall, what do you think were some of the things that that uh, maybe surprised you or didn't go the way you thought they might? A rhythm in the first half on offense, in particular. You know, a lot of three and outs. Just couldn't get that first first down to get ourselves going and give ourselves a little bit of rhythm. Um, you got to give credit to them. They did a good job keeping us off off balance a little bit. Um, and so then, you know, that's I, I thought our defense was doing a good job in the first half of taking the pressure off of us. We just didn't get enough points on the board. Yeah, defensively, well, they played fast and, and they they're good tacklers. I mean, they were they were making uh, tackles where limiting. There was nothing after the after the catch. There wasn't any yards after catch. Not a whole lot of yards after contract the contact. They were they were playing a very. Uh, <laughs> A very emotional game, I guess. So they were playing fast for sure. Yeah, they're they're a hard physical team. They play with a lot of energy, and so we expected to see that today, and that's what we got. C.J. Stroud is as advertised. I mean, that, that kid uh, has kind of ice water in his veins as well to go down the football field, make some of the plays he made to win the football game. He did a good job. He extended some plays, found some up receivers, and um, certainly that that last drive put him in a position to go win. He seems to be when he gets out of pocket and creates an extension, he's going for the jugular. I mean, he's trying to make a big play. It, it looked like a high percentage of the time. Is that his MO? He's done a good job of that. You know, he's just a rookie. He hasn't played a ton, but I thought last week against Tampa, he did that, led them down for a game-winning drive and did it again this week. And finally, how about the, the effort that uh, Jamar Chase gave you with, you know, limited activity during the course of the week for him to come out and make the plays he made? is He's extraordinary. Yeah, proud of him. Proud of the way that he uh, – he gave us a chance, you know, and got in there and made some big plays and, and uh, thankful that he, he gave us that opportunity today. Chase finished with five catches for 124 yards. Boyd had eight catches for a buck 17. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health. The best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official health care provider of the Bengals. Now, time for the Radio Guys recap. Lap, we have emerged from a very disappointed Bengals locker room, and I think those guys were angry with themselves for the mistakes they made that helped contribute to Houston's win. Yeah, I agree. Um, they, they just didn't take care of business. Um, I do think that they're bitterly disappointed about their performance uh, run defense. I mean... 
150 yards for Singletary, five yards a pop, 188 yards they rush for as a team. I mean, the Bengals rush for 66. When you lose the, the, the run game battle by, you know, a touchdown and a, a, a football field in a quarter, that's significant. No doubt about it. And it affects time of possession. It affects how many uh, possessions you're going to get. It affects everything. It's remarkable that they had the comeback that they had to try to make it a football game down the stretch. And I know Tyler Boyd's bitterly disappointed, and, and rightfully so, but um, all of his teammates are saying exactly the case. There's a lot of plays in that football game that if they were made would have affected the outcome of the football game. It's never just one play. But, man, um, opportunities were there. Didn't cash in on them. And, and like you said, Dan, they were their worst, own worst enemy in a lot of cases. So in my mind, this game was one up front. They usually are. But the Texans had consistent pressure on Joe Burrow. The Bengals didn't get much on C.J. Stroud. The Texans had a running game. The Bengals didn't. All of that points to line play. No doubt. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think that we mentioned it multiple times, particularly early in the football game. It was stunning to me how fast this defense was and how well they tackled. I mean, one-on-one, uh, they were making tackles. Guys were still pursuing to make plays, but they didn't even have to get involved because uh, their teammates were getting it done in space one-on-one. It was it was a remarkable performance. I mean, I, I got to give D'Amico Ryans and, and the Texans a lot of credit. And they are buying what he's selling. There's no question about it. And that's the type of player he was as a Pro Bowl linebacker for that organization. Um, he played fast. He played physical. He played with a lot of emotion. And that's they're they're buying into all those traits that he's trying to get them to play with. And man, they they're effort givers, and no doubt about it. So a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl season, Tyler Boyd went through the entire regular season without a drop. He had a couple of costly ones today. The one at the end of the game speaks for itself. But let's go back to the beginning of that sequence. First and goal at the seven after he makes a fantastic play. Burrow gets sacked. Burrow tries to run a quarterback draw. Houston's all over it. I mean, again, it comes down to the inability to protect or open holes. Yeah, and in, in both of those plays, you've got to give the interior of the Houston Texans defensive line a lot of credit. You know, Rankin's just just – collapsed the interior of the pocket and, uh, and and made a heck of a play. He, he did that a couple of times today. I mean, he was a force. There's no question about it. And then quarterback draw, those defensive tackles did a good job once again of not, uh, you know, not taking the cheese, not biting on the on the pass protection. They they did a pretty good job of, uh, you know, retracing quickly and, and getting in position to make, make a play on Joe Burrow. So um, that was, you, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, they made plays when they had to make plays to, to win a football game. And, man, C.J. Stroud, when he had to make throws down the field at the end of the game uh, to to put his team in position to, to win the football game, he, he made them. And, uh, I, I mean, when when he's out of pocket, he goes for the throat. I mean, he, he, do, he tries to make big plays down the football field when he's creating and extending. He's not, you know, satisfied with just doing a little dinky uh, dink and dunk and move the chains. He wants to hurt you and hurt you badly. Yeah, and he's certainly not looking to run for five yards toward the sideline. He's where's Noah Brown so I can chuck it to him 30 yards down the field. Noah Brown. I mean, my goodness. I mean, Noah Brown just had himself a game. Eight targets, seven catches, 172 yards. Averaged over 24 and a half yards a catch. 
his long was only 34. He had multiple catches of 15 yards or more. I mean, it was like every time they needed a play, Noah Brown was making the play, and he was wide open, and he was stationary wide open. It's like, what the heck? Man, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's it, it, it's amazing. I was wondering if he had some kind of an odor or something that nobody wanted to be around. I mean, it was it was incredible how open the guy was. It was nuts. I think his first catch went for nine, and his last six went for twenty plus. That's crazy. I mean, that that's that's just ripping. Um, Adele targeted fourteen times, only got six catches out of it. But they've got a they've got a, a complement, a stable of different type of receivers. You know, they got the big strong guys and. And they've got you know Dell, little cat quick, cat quick guy. Uh, they're they're a good football team. I mean that's a legitimate football team. And uh, C.J. Stroud goes 23 for 39, 356 yards after 470. The game before touchdown and interception. He came down to earth. Quarterback rating wise a little bit 87.1. But I mean watching him play. He is legit in every way. I mean, it's it's incredible how his his poise and his uh, his his whole demeanor about the game. I mean, you're not going to rattle the guy. I mean, he's you you, you don't fluster C.J. Stroud. You just don't. Bryce Young might turn out to be good, the first pick in the draft, but we know that the second pick in the draft is already good. Yeah, we we know this guy's got a got a bright bright future. I mean. Um, just like the scene and, and tape before the game. I mean, he, his throwing motion is very compact and is very powerful. He's got a rubber arm. And, man, he puts some RPMs on it, and it is accurate. He just he puts the ball in very, very good spots, there's no doubt. Did we decide that the Bengals were back among the elite too soon, or was this just a blip and they are still kind of what we were thinking they were going into the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the uh, – the Houston Texans are a little bit better than I was giving them credit for in my mind. I mm-hmm. really believe that. I mean, they're one and three on the year on the road, and uh, they went to Jacksonville and beat a good Jacksonville team, a division leader, by 20 points. So they're capable of that. But then they lose, you know, a game by two to a team they shouldn't really lose to. And you're thinking, oh, there's some inconsistencies there. But, I mean, to win the games the way they've won the last two football games, that builds a, that builds a ton of confidence. I thought – after that win last week, they could, they'd either have a stinker or, you know, feel like they were legit. Well, they felt like they were legit. I mean, you can see the confidence building in that football team. And, uh, I mean, to have a back rush for 150 yards when coming into the game as a team, you haven't even averaged 90 yards a game. To me, that was, that was the striking thing in that football game was how well they controlled the ground game and made life a lot easier for C.J. Stroud, there's no doubt. The Bengals couldn't stop the run the first few weeks. Part of that was that the offense couldn't stay on the field. But I, I kind of thought they had it fixed, and clearly they don't. Yeah, they certainly didn't in this game. And i I, I got to give the Texans, Texans credit once again. I mean, those guys were finishing blocks. I mean, you have big linemen like Tunsil down the field like five, six yards, you know, sustaining contact and, and finishing blocks. I mean, this game was important to him. It was significant to him. You could you could tell. Um, I think I think they probably they probably uh, uh, you know defensively got chewed out a little bit for giving up the number of points they gave up. You know to a football team they shouldn't have given up those points to. And I I think that uh, they probably had a difficult week of practice in terms of uh, being hard coached. And they responded, man. Hmm. <laughs> they came out and played today. But I agree. I, I do think you know. 
the tempo of games uh, are set in the trenches, and I thought that the Houston Texans set the tempo in the trenches. The Bengals have had one of the better defenses in the league for the past few years. They've only got one pro bowler on it, Trey Hendrickson. Cam Taylor-Britt is ascending into the conversation. Four interceptions in the last five games, and they have no chance to pull out a miracle win if not for the play he made with a little less than four minutes to go. Absolutely, and uh, I talked to him a little bit after the game, and he said that he played the same route poorly uh, the time before he had to face it, and they, they made a play on him that they, he felt like they shouldn't have made. And when it came back the second time, it was like, okay, well, shame on me the first time, but I'm over that. Shame on you this time. And he undercut the route, uh, saw, it, saw it unfolding again, and, and, and made a play on it. Um, he's, 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 again, he's legit. He's the real deal. I think he might have had a close to nine tackles combined on top of that interception. I mean, th this guy plays with a physicality that is, uh, is rare for a corner. I mean, he, he hits a ton. He's, he's one of those guys that packs a solid punch. There's no question. So the Ravens had a 14-point fourth-quarter lead at home against the Cleveland Browns and lost on a late field goal. The Bengals lose ground to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. They have fallen into the basement uh, in the division, but they're still a game and a half behind the first-place team, the Ravens, and they'll face them head-to-head uh, -head on Thursday night. Yeah, that's going to be a, a very interesting battle. Short week for both teams, coming off tough losses. Um, Ravens come off a division loss at, at home at their place. It's almost like, man, can they lose two division games in a row? Two division games at home in less than a, a calendar week? <laughs> I mean, they got to think so. Bengals got to think so. Bengals got to get ready for that. They've already lost to the Baltimore Ravens here in Cincinnati, so this becomes a, a, a mega game. And I know the guys understand, players understand the importance of this football game, and I honestly don't think they were looking past the Houston Texans for this Baltimore Ravens game. I really don't. I think uh, more credit has to go to the way the Houston Texans played, you know, in this football game. I mean, they, they went out and took it in a lot of ways, and you got to tip your cap to them. Cincinnati is an early three-and-a-half-point underdog for Thursday night's game in Baltimore. The Ravens are 35-17 and 17 in primetime under John Harbaugh, a 673 winning percentage. Finally, time for this week's Fun Facts segment, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with rookie safety Jordan Battle out of the University of Alabama after growing up just north of Miami, Florida. I read that your dad signed you up for track when you were four and football at the age of six. Was he an athlete and what did you get from him? Yeah, yeah, he was an athlete as well. Um, just growing up, having him in my corner, uh, having him and my mom uh, be my, my guidance, my guide, uh, guidance counselors, uh, be my coach. Um, just every year just growing and uh, being being able to have my dad in my life uh, coaching me whatever sport I did uh, except for track that's probably the only sport he really stayed away from um, but he did come to all the track meets but um, football basketball uh, those are those are his sports so uh, whenever I played those sports he was you know on me nitty and gritty uh, so you know uh, growing up in my house it was it was fun um, very hard working uh, times times you know you'll cry you know because you're doing the extra work when you're a kid because you don't understand but uh, when you grow up you can see it all pays off so uh yeah I'm thankful I have my dad in my life was football always your favorite um I would say I mean track was like the first favorite and then like um I played football first before I played basketball but 
basketball is kind of like my second favorite, and then football is like the third, like the last. But, you know, uh, I think when I got to high school, like freshman year of high school, that's when I like started to take football like the most serious, and that's when I started to develop the, the more fun, the more, I mean, I started to feel like football was more fun than, than basketball was, even though I was playing basketball in high school and running track. Um, I felt like football was the, the most fun sport for me. Jordan, you mentioned your high school, St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, a well-known football powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Former Bengals, Giovanni Bernard and Geno Adkins played there. The Bosa brothers played there. Mm-hmm. Do you have high school teammates that are playing in the NFL right now? Uh, yeah, I have a few. I, I know Nick Benito uh, over at Denver. in Denver. I have two at the Chargers, uh, Sante Samuel Jr. and uh, Joshua Palmer. And I know I have one at uh, the Eagles, Tyler Steen. Who played with me at Bama as well for his last year? Um, yeah, that's those, those are the ones I played with at in high school. Uh, it's like five of us, I think. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't even know if you realize how ridiculous that is. Is it almost like playing for a college team there? Uh, yeah, it is. I feel like the culture, culture, and all the coaches around there uh, that they build up. You know, I had Jason Taylor as my kind of like my DC, my defensive coordinator at St. Thomas. Uh, Sam Madison was my DB coach, uh, so I had guys who who played in the league. So I had guys who knew who knew what it took to get to the next level, and then after that, so you could have played college football just about anywhere. You originally chose Ohio State, then changed to Alabama. Why did you change? Uh, that was it was I mean it was pretty like simple for me, uh, coach. That was the year Coach uh, Urban Meyer had resigned, and uh, that's when, after that I know Coach Ryan Day and uh, all the other coaches. Uh, they came down right after uh, that happened. Um, they let me know like everything was gonna be fine, and um, turned out that all the uh, divas accord, all the divas coaches had left as well. And um, when that happened, that's when I had opened up my recruitment again. And then Georgia, it was out of Georgia and Alabama after that. And then uh, you know I couldn't say no to Coach Saban. Uh, he came <laughs> to my house. We had a good little conversation um, about, and I, I like that he kept it real with me about you know playing time and everything. That uh, everything was going to be you know earned, not given, and uh, that's exactly what it was. And he, he gave it to me straight up. So if I read this correctly, in the high school recruiting rankings, you were rated as the number two safety in the country, and your current teammate Dax Hill was number one. Has that come up since you've arrived in Cincinnati? Uh, no, nah, we we haven't talked about it, but uh, I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah. Uh, I kind of mentioned it. It wasn't like that, but like I was like, yeah, we were both like top safeties coming out of the draft. I mean, coming out of our class, and um, I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool that we were the number one and two safeties coming out in high school, and now we're on the same team. I thought that to myself, uh, and I knew my dad. I think my dad was the one who had reminded me too, because he remembered, you know, he remembers uh, every about everything. So if I don't remember it, I know he will. So uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that we both are on the same team now. We're doing Fun Facts with Jordan Battle. It is highly unusual to start as a freshman for Nick Saban. You did. You started for four years. What do you respect most about Coach Saban? Yeah, uh, I just love how straight up he is, like with his guys. I love how how um, how the type of coach he is, how he's always on us. He doesn't let us get comfortable, uh, whether it's a win, whether it's a good play. Uh, where there's a bad play, you know, you see the you see it on the on the tape all the time. You see it on videos all the time. Where if a guy makes a bad play, you see him come come up in the screen somewhere yelling at that guy. Uh, and you you got to know that it's all love. And um, 
he does it out of the kindness of his heart because he knows the ability we have in us. And although some players don't realize what what their talent what talent what their talent means to coach uh, or what their talent can be, uh, coach I think helps people you know come out of their shells, come out of their shells as players, and you know become that great player that they can be. And I feel like he helped me do that. So as a true freshman in 2019, you played in a wild game against LSU. Final score, 46-41 in favor of the Tigers, led by a quarterback who went on to win the Heisman, Joe Burrow. He threw for 313 and ran for 64 in that game. What did you learn that day about your current teammate, Joey Franchise? I think that day I realized uh, that that was going to be uh, one of the NFL's uh, best quarterback on uh, one day. And uh, obviously that day has came, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that was that was like my first big test uh, in college. Uh, obviously on the other side of the ball, they had Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, uh, Clyde. They had uh, Jamar. Who, Jamar, Jamar. Yeah, my fault. I should name. I should have mentioned him after Joe. Uh, yeah, they had Jamar. But yeah, that was that was my first big test as a you know as a freshman. Um, and I kind of I kind of looked at that game and I was like. Wow, the amount of players that are on that field, you know, at the same time as as I was, uh, it's just a blessing. And um, I only, get, I only, I mean, this is motivation for me to, you know, want to keep going, you know, and, and get further in life. So you lost that game, but the following year you didn't lose any and won the national championship, beating Ohio State fifty-two to twenty-four in the national championship game. What are your most vivid memories of winning that national championship, not far from home, because that game was in Miami? Yeah, uh, that was a. I mean. I mean, let's start with uh, I didn't play the whole game because I got kicked out in the first half uh, for a targeting call. But uh, it was fun. It was fun while I was in. It was fun when I was out. Uh, when I know when I came out, I was just, you know, hyping up the guys because uh, I was just, you know, making, being that leader off the field that, that they knew I could be and that they knew I was. So uh, I didn't want to show too much emotion, even though, you know, I was at home and I didn't want to play. But uh, just getting the win was, was all I wanted. And uh, we got the win. I just felt like the the wave it just hit me. It was like, wow! Like I just won a national championship in college football. This is something you you watch growing up. Uh, something you don't you something you dream of, and most people don't even get a chance to play or, or make it that far. And uh, just being on that 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 stage and that spotlight, you know, it was it was fun. It was a great experience. Something I'll never forget. I'm trying to visualize the targeting call. Good call, or did you get robbed? Um, I mean, I would say it was a horrible call. You know, I'm not gonna tell. Them. I'm not gonna say it's a good call, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's 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 to say I know I understand the you know the importance of the rule and protecting not only the the person being hit but the person's doing the hitting. So uh, yeah, I guess it was. I mean, a good call on what they would say. We're doing fun facts with Jordan Battle. After a tremendous four-year career at Alabama, you were selected in the third round by the Bengals in the draft. Describe your draft experience. Kind of nerve-wracking at first, uh, you know, just sitting there, you know, waiting for that call. Um, but, you know, I feel like me, you know, I handled it pretty well because, you know, I'm a guy who just who wants the opportunity, you know, to, to, to play. And um, I, remember us, I remember us, me and my, my uh, friends from home, uh, just playing cards, you know, and just having fun, you know. Having, we had the draft on, just watching the draft and everything, you know, just trying to get everything you know, out of my mind, I haven't, you know, got that call yet. But um, I just remember the, the phone ringing while we were playing Uno and uh, just that excitement that just poured over me. Um, and then when I knew it was the Bengals, I got even more excited because I was like, yeah, this is a, this is this is the right spot because uh, this is a, another winning organization. Um, 
that I've been a part of now because I was at St. Thomas. Well, I won uh, two two state championships. I was at Alabama Powerhouse, won national championship. Now I'm at the Cincinnati Bengals where we can compete for a Super Bowl every year. So uh, it was like, yeah, this is this is the right spot for me, and um, I know I know God made the right decision. I look forward to you adding a Super Bowl ring to your collection of championship rings. Time for a few wild card topics now with Jordan Battle. Who's your all-time favorite athlete in any sport? I like LeBron because because the the guy the type of guy he is, uh, the, the the type of dad he is, the type of father he is. Loves his kids. Always out, always going going out his way to make their games, his, his son's games, or be there for his high school daddy that he just built in Ohio. Um, so I would say, yeah, him. He's a great great father figure, a great businessman um, off the off the court. So yeah, definitely definitely LeBron. He is definitely the total package. Is there anything about you that not many people know about, such as a hidden talent? I don't know if this is like hidden, but I don't think people think I can dance. Mm. Like, I think I'm a good. I think I'm a good dancer. I I, I think I have to show the world one day. <laughs> well, I look forward to your first NFL interception then, because I assume there's going to be some sort of good dancing celebration that follows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the first the first NFL interception will definitely definitely need a celebration with it. Aside from professional football player, have you had any other jobs, even part time jobs? Never. Not ever. I don't. I don't. I never. It never crossed my mind to, to you know, go have a job. Like even in college, um, at first, like I was gonna do like uh, door dashing, mm-hmm. but I was like, uh, nah, I just gonna take too much time. I ain't gonna be able to, you know, look at film or you know, do something that that could be more productive and more, more, you know. I didn't. I was gonna do door dashing, but I didn't do it. Uh, I didn't know if people were gonna know me or not. You know, uh, coming up to their doorsteps, uh, but. I just, yeah, I never had a job. Your job was preparing for what you're doing now. Yeah, literally. And then um, NIL came and it was perfect. So uh, it was like, you don't, need a, you don't need a job anymore. You're kind of doing your job in college. <laughs> All right, final question for Jordan Battle. This one's a little bit deep. If you could meet anybody in history, living or deceased, athlete, entertainer, statesman, who would that person be? Hmm. That's a good question, but uh, when you asked, it was like uh, two people who came to mind. It was uh, MLK, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was the first one, but then it was uh, Denzel Washington because I like the way he acts and I like all his movies. Um, and I would just, I would love to have a conversation with him just to, you know, see see how he plays that role so well. How does it, how does it not affect him like in in real life? Like with the roles he play in movies and. It's, Mostly, mostly action movies that he plays in, but uh, I just like he's a great actor, a great human being. Might be my favorite actor, so that's a heck of a choice. I'm a big Denzel guy as well. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite actor for sure. Jordan, this has been fun. Glad to have you in Cincinnati. Appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the year. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health, the best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official health care provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde. 
Thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.